Everybody and welcome to the Challenge Flag, where we call BS on fantasy football's so-called experts. I'm Zachary Dorfman, joined by Michael Conti. Hello. And today, we are going to be bringing you an episode all about quarterbacks. Now, quarterbacks in fantasy football, there's always the big question on when to get them. There's so many quarterbacks that give you production, but we do know we are reasonable. We understand that there are quarterbacks that are just better than others and produce more than others. So today we're going to really be looking at the quarterback position. We're going to really dive into 2018 quarterback finishes as well to try to figure out what is like the best spot to draft a quarterback and what guys we think you should be going for. So first of all, Mike, take it away. Let's look at 2018. Let's look at these quarterbacks. What kind of stands out to you in how they finished? So looking back at last season's stats, it kind of proved what I always kind of say when I tell people you should always draft your QBs later as opposed to at their actual ADPs. Just a couple examples. The top three quarterbacks last year were Big Ben, Pat Mahomes, and Matt Ryan. And their ADPs all fell in the ninth round or later, and you were getting top three quarterbacks at that value. So I think it just makes a lot of sense to draft your QBs later. Along with those guys, Phillip Rivers was a top 10 quarterback. He was ninth round. And same with Jared Goff was 11th round, also a top 10 quarterback. And it makes a lot more sense to me to use those first eight rounds to draft a positional athlete because the difference between, let's say, if you took Aaron Rodgers in the third, you could have grabbed a Stephon Diggs or some other wide receiver, two or th- two or one actually, in the third round. It, the the point differential between a wide receiver in the third and a wide receiver in the 11th is, is could be as much as 10 points per game. Whereas quarterback-wise, the best QB one. If, all right, so if we cut out Mahomes because he had an unreal season, we go to QB number two, Matt Ryan. He averaged 21 points a game. QB 12 and Dak Prescott got 17 points a game. That's only a four point per game difference. And granted, those are both late round guys. What I'm just trying to say is that the differential between a stud quarterback and still a technically QB1 is a very small difference in points, whereas the difference in wide receivers is going to be quite dramatic. Yeah, just to give you kind of a sense of what we're looking at here, we're looking at the quarterbacks from last year listed in the order of their ADP, but then also their actual finish. And it's really interesting to see that uh, five of the top six quarterbacks last year ADP-wise finished as a top 12 guy as a QB1, but none higher than QB5. And four guys between rounds 9 and 11 finished in the top 12 QBs, and three of those four guys were in the top three. This data isn't just true for 2018, so uh, this is pretty historically true for quarterbacks in fantasy football. So between the years of 2012 and 2018, all quarterbacks' ADPs and actual finishes have been analyzed, and any quarterback that has been drafted in the first round 
has a 100% chance of finishing at QB1. I mean, we know this. It, if there's somebody that's drafted in the first round, it means they're coming off a season that was probably record-breaking. We understand that, uh, barring injury, they're going to finish as a QB1. Now, the next hot spot is the fourth round. The fourth round, 99% of quarterbacks drafted in the fourth round. Now, that's not fourth round or higher. That's just the fourth round. Have a chance, have a 99% chance of finishing as a QB1. So that's like an, a very interesting hotspot. So not the the top one or two guys, but it's still around that top five guys coming off the board. And then there's a huge dip. It goes all the way down to around 30% chance. And you know when the next hot spot is? 93% chance that you get a QB1 in round 10. So round 10, well, gee, Zach, that's where Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and Pat Mahomes were drafted. So interesting. And I think it it happens every year that the big name guys go early, and it's these guys with uh, who might be getting older or good offenses are unproven that kind of get towards that like 10th, 11th round. And, you know, these are guys like if you look at Matt Ryan, it's just he's historically been on a great offense and at any year he has the ability to put up big numbers big ben he's a gunslinger every year he has the ability to put up big numbers but why is he not up there he's getting older i mean this year he's lost a few pieces on the offense obviously antonio brown um so i'm kind of okay with that adp to be honest but still i mean if i'm down there in like the 11th 12th round and big ben hasn't been taken i'd absolutely take him pat mahomes uh you know first year as a starter there's a lot of question marks in there so you don't really know what you're gonna get so it's it's these guys that we know have great talent who are just sitting there a full six seven rounds later and like mike said the point differential is only from the top guy to the bottom guy in as a QB1 is only four points per game. Whereas if you really look at wide receivers and running backs, I mean, you're going from a starting guy on your roster to that bench player that you're going to drop. So the the difference is too much. I I can't ever see myself taking a quarterback earlier than round like nine yeah that's what i was saying and another thing when we while we discuss the qb excluding pat mahomes so if we start at matt ryan and then go down to dak prescott who was qb12 so qb2 to qb12 it was a four point per game differential between the two of those realistically my i mean my league there's some exclusions where people actually have a starting quarterback and they have a quarterback on their bench but most people aren't wasting that bench space for a backup quarterback. They're stashing a positional player. So that means if you're in a 10-man league or 12-man league, you should be able to own a top 12 quarterback at some point throughout the season because of bye week, someone gets dropped. Like if they're a low-end QB1, but they're still a QB1, they could be getting cut for a week. You really, Your primary focus should not be on getting that stud QB with a high draft pick. You should really want to be searching for the later rounds to get those steals. So that's interesting too, that you do really need to know your league. Like you said, you know, one of my leagues that I'm in, it's a 10 man league. And I know that people don't really like quarterbacks, uh, that they kind of all have a very similar mindset of draft them late. So everybody's only really taking one quarterback. If you did that last year, 
if you were in a 10-man league and everybody only took one quarterback, you were capping out at Jimmy Garoppolo, first pick of the ninth round. That means you left Matthew Stafford, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Pat Mahomes, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield. You left them all on the board. So it, that's another reason why you need to you know, know your league if there are, if you are in a league or if you're in like a 2QB league or a super flex league where you know that guys might be taking a quarterback in the sixth and then in the eighth round again, you might need to adjust a little bit um, to target that late QB and then think when is the last possible moment I can get him. But I'd say that the majority of leagues, 10, 12 man, doesn't matter. Guys are getting their top quarterback, and even if they are getting a backup, they're not thinking about that till they're like, you know, their very last round. So there's always startability. That's I'm not even sure that's a word, startability. There's always the ability for a starter <laughs> late in the draft. And I think that that's why you see that 93% success rate in the 10th round quarterbacks, because all these guys are good. All these guys have the ability to uh, be the QB one through five. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's the reason my buddy won the league last year, but last year he drafted Big Ben in the 14th. So he got the QB three in the 14th round, meeting rounds one through 13. He was taking all positional players. I think he took his he took his kicker early. He went zero line, so you, you're going to use a pick on a kicker who's potentially a wide receiver one. Other than that, he was going all positional players. So just think of all the potential value you could be getting. And especially in those the court QB rounds that they're projected to go at rounds three, I want to say like three through nine, there's quite a few quarterbacks projected to go. If you're using those rounds instead to get those wide receivers with the wide receiver two potential or the RB two potential there, instead of wasting on a quarterback that you can go and get huge value in later in the draft. Yeah, and I think that this year especially, there's a lot of young rookie wide receivers and running backs who I'm way more interested in drafting and seeing what comes of them and um, or guys that have just moved teams and have uh, just kind of like a very interesting dynamic with their new team that I'm more willing to take a chance on and wait on the quarterback because I know I can get a sure thing later and take the chance that I get some... Uh, some boom value out of a late pick guy. Yeah, and all right, so just to beat beat a dead horse here before we get into some guys that we like in the later rounds. Yeah, we could really the beat this dead horse. We yeah. this is we are very firm on this. Like this is we're not messing around. There is no like oh well, Aaron Rodgers fell to the fourth, so maybe no. Like we're pretty set on this. We're ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, then the, the take home message here: Matt Ryan, QB two, twenty one points a game. Dak Prescott, QB 12, 17 points per game. That's it. Four <laughs> points per game difference. You can definitely get way more value in the earlier rounds getting positional player than the point differential in uh, quarterbacks. So now that being said, now you got to try to find those quarterbacks that are going to finish in the top five in those rounds, like late ninth rounds, early 10th, well, 11th. Here's the thing. You don't like... This is the point again. You don't even need that top five quarterback. The All right, for me at least, the biggest message, like I said, four point per game difference. You get a top five guy, I think the fifth quarterback averaged 19 and a half points per game, and the 12th guy, 17. So that's two and a half points. 
just hit on a top 12 quarterback at some point in the late rounds and you're fine and just make better choices with your earlier picks on the positional players instead of wasting it on a QB. No, that's that's very true. That's very, very true. All right, so then let's say then because, you know, you don't want to be the guy who picks Matt Staff- Matthew Stafford like last year and then now you end up with a quarterback 20 and we could get into the waivers, but let's just say, you know, the quarterback you draft is the quarterback you stick with. So, um, Mike, give me a guy in those late rounds that you would then be targeting. I mean, every year I take Phillip Rivers, and he's he's right now QB 14, 10th round, which it shows that he's the QB 14, and I don't know very many people who draft two quarterbacks. I know people who will have a second quarterback to replace like a bye week type of deal, but to actually draft the second quarterback is quite uncommon in most of my leagues. So if he's at QB 14, that means there's a 12-man league. He should be going undrafted, which means I can get him in as late as I want, which last year I think I got him in 12 or 13. And like I said, Big Ben was drafted in the 14th because everybody already had their quarterbacks. And these are just guys that we think have the potential to put up big points. So my guy is Phillip Rivers. He did it last year. I could see him doing it again. I know he lost Tyrell Williams, but I don't think he was a huge piece to his success. He just occasionally would hit him for the deep ball. But with Mike Williams having a second year under his belt with Philip Rivers and Hunter Henry coming back, I could see Philip Rivers' production going up even higher now that he has a tight end that isn't Antonio Gates and on the verge of the end of his career. Yeah, honestly, even uh, the Melvin Gordon thing worries me, but with Hunter Henry coming back, the Melvin Gordon thing doesn't worry me as The Melvin Gordon thing doesn't worry me at all because Eckler was a stud last year as a receiving back. And he's still going to be there. And Justin Jackson was serviceable, averaging like 17 points per game in Melvin Gordon's absence. That's true. And I mean, it almost helps your quarterback better if the if your star if running, the running back, back sucks. <laughs> if yeah, if your star running back is out. Uh, just for reference to Philip Rivers, ADP 11th pick of the ninth round, so pushing into that 10th round range. Uh, but so, like I said, he's a QB 14. So if you know your league's not one for, if you're in a 10 man league, you should be fine with waiting extremely late for him to still be available. Yeah, these quarterbacks rarely go at that actual ADP at that point. Um, My first guy, a little bit earlier, um, just ADP-wise, but I think that he's still a great value for what he can do. This is where if you're trying to trying not to just get a top 12 guy as late as you can, this is you're trying to get a top three guy but pushing it close to the end of the draft. Uh, My guy is Cam Newton, ADP, sixth pick of the ninth round. Shoulder was a problem last year. I expect the shoulder to be totally healthy this year. I like DJ Moore. I like Curtis Samuel. Greg Olson has been saying now in this offseason that he's not even questioning his health. He's just saying, I'm 100%. Stop asking me about it. I'm going out there. I'm going to be my usual self. That is huge for Cam. And I think in fantasy football, the rushing threat on a week-to-week basis is uh, sometimes from a quarterback, all you need. You do not need a... uh, and Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady. Very oftentimes, you just need a guy who can squeak in and rush for a touchdown. And with Cam's elite rushing ability at the quarterback position for the sixth pick of the ninth round, I mean, I might even take him there. I would love to push that into the 10th, 11th round. Again, this is where know your league. Um, but I actually have no problem taking him at that spot. I expect him to be good to go and absolutely elite. Yeah, I... This is kind of like on the fringe where I'd be willing to start taking 
a quarterback that I think has the potential to be that top five guy. I think the first eight rounds, like I said, dedicated to positional players. And the ninth round, I'll start contemplating if there's a big name there that I think has the potential to put up the points. I know that past four years in my league, not this past season, but the three prior to that, the same two guys made it to the championship every year. And the one kid always drafted Cam, Luke, Cam Newton like round eight or later. His ADP was also was always lower, but he always produced. And I can see that being uh, very similar this year. All right, so my next guy that I'm trying to target later is uh, King of Consistency. This guy's year in, year out. We've already mentioned him once as a QB 12 last year. Dak Prescott. In his career, he averages 17 points a season, which is totally fine. When I get a quarterback, I'd want them, I mean, I I personally want them to give me 18 points a game. Like, that's like, I'm very happy if my QB gets me 18 points in a game. And this guy's career average is 17, three years in the league, averaging that many points. He had Dez toward the end of his career. Um, last year, he played without Jason Witten, but you saw him light it up once they signed Cooper. And in the offseason, they also acquired Randall Cobb. Michael Gallup's going to be in his second season. And Jason Witten's back this year. I'm not sure how productive he's going to be, but I can't see him hurting the offense at all. So I just think having uh, more experience with Amari Cooper, he'll have a whole offseason getting to work with him. You'll have Randall Cobb working out of the slot instead of Cole Beasley. And Michael Gallup, like I said, in his second year, I can see Dak putting up better numbers than he has in the past. Not dramatically better, maybe going from uh, 17 points per game to 18 or 19 points per game. But that's still, like I said, plenty in my book, especially for where he's being drafted right now, which is all the way in the 11th, last pick of the 11th round as the QB 17. Once again, 17th quarterback, unless you're in a 12-man league and five people draft a backup QB, you can snag Dak Prescott in the 15th round. Yeah, and, you know, I think with Dak, though, like you mentioned, kind of like king of consistency, I think you mean like over his career, it's like that consistent 17 points a game. I think a lot of people's problem with Dak is that he has these flashes of multiple games of absolute garbage. But I think that, like you mentioned, all the weapons that he's going to have this year... Um, and, and his know, mobility. And I mean, he's I don't got think mobility. He, I, don't think he, I don't know how often he really rushes around per game, but the mobility is there. He gets, he'll, he'll snag you a couple touchdowns during the season rushing-wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year he rushed for six touchdowns. He gets about five or six rushes a game. And, you know, I, I think that if we were to predict, okay, so he averages 17 points uh a game throughout his entire career we know he has flashes of uh of greatness and then flashes of you know really really down weeks what were we going to expect of going forward this year i mean with the weapons that he has i would expect it to be his absolute best so yeah i'm right there with you um the his adp right now the 12th pick of the 11th round i mean you could like you said you could definitely get him even later than that and i would absolutely do that Oh, yeah. All right. So just looking at his stats real quick, all three seasons as starting quarterback, he's rushed for six rushing touchdowns in a season and he's averaging right around 300, 315 yards per season. So that's an extra 36, 18, 24. That's like an extra 55 points a season off of rushing. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Speaking of rushing and quarterbacks, uh, my last guy is... We already talked about Cam. Who else is there? Who else is there? The poor man's Cam Newton. Uh, This is a guy that I'm targeting in every single draft. Lamar Jackson. Currently ADP, sixth pick of the 12th round. He's definitely a guy that you could, you know, again, know your league. 
uh, know what other people are feeling, but he is probably a guy that you could actually just wait on till the you know 14th round if you really want to. Um, listen, we know that he doesn't have elite throwing ability, but again, this is fantasy football. You're looking for fantasy points. You uh, look at his stats from last season. He finishes as the QB 29. So a lot of people are going to ignore that. However, he did not get the start until week 11. Week 11 on, he did not have any lower than 15.9 fantasy points. He rushed. This is his rushing attempts per game going from week 11 to 17. 26, 11, 17, 14, 18, 13, 20. He's a bona fide running back. In those weeks, he had four rushing touchdowns as well. Passing attempts, not very good, very low. 150 yards, 178 yards, 125 yards. However, that's not why you pick him up. He, uh, The Ravens have the most rushing attempts in the NFL. You get the cheap, cheap price for essentially getting to start another running back that actually also gets points for throwing the ball as well. I think that, you know, second year guy coming in, he's only going to improve. They now have Mark Ingram to really help open up the field in the rushing game. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be absolutely great. He is my guy where if I'm in a draft and everybody has picked their quarterbacks and I know that they're done, I know that they're not picking anybody else. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting till the very end and sneak this guy in and be lucky because I get to play three running backs, essentially. So just to put some stats to this guy, he averages 80 rushing yards per start. 79 rushing yards, to be exact. He averages per start. But Lamar Jackson, where I'm targeting him, is on my uh, ranking sheet before my draft. I'm going to find his name and cross him out because I don't want him whatsoever. So I don't have to worry about crossing him off later in the draft. I go into the draft knowing I don't want the guy. He's a dingus. Hey, look, you can you can have fun feeling that way while I uh, while I reap the benefits of having Lamar Jackson. One hundred books says Philip Rivers has a better season than Lamar Jackson. Ooh. I'm kidding. It'll be a gentleman's bet. We'll shake on it. Ooh, that's tough. Philip Rivers. <laughs> has a better, better season than Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm going to think on that. Stay tuned Total for a future. Yeah, stay tuned to a future episode. I'm going to do some. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a little bit more research before I make this bet. Uh, that's a good one, though. Actually, if anybody listening wants to help us out who you think, Philip Rivers or Lamar Jackson, at the end of the season, I mean – you got two totally different styles. One's I just good. think that Lamar Jackson has no boom potential. I think you're very wrong. All rushing rushing quarterbacks. Okay, all rushing quarterbacks have boom potential. You know, his points were 15.9, 20.2, 16.5, 18.6, 16.7, 16.1, and 26.2. He had a game with 20 rushes, 90 yards, two touchdowns. The last game of the year against the Cleveland Browns where nobody was playing for anything. I remember it very vividly. Yes, essentially. (laughs) But, But still, I mean... I just think that rushing, I think that rushing ability for a quarterback is, you know, because again, we're playing fantasy football. Like we're not playing real football. If this was, you know, no question, if I was building a real team and I wanted Phillip Rivers or Lamar Jackson, I mean, it wouldn't even be close. And honestly, just because of the weapons that Phillip Rivers has, I'd say that 
on this bet you have the upper hand because I think that Philip Rivers will have a better season than Lamar Jackson. However, if we're going on when you can get a guy and the fact that he is going to be pretty much ignored in drafts, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson all day, every day. That rushing ability. And honestly, all he needs to do is improve like a little bit in the passing game. And he immediately, you know, can you imagine he he improved by two points on all those games? That means he had then like four or five games with 18 or more points. I can't name a wide receiver on the Ravens besides Hollywood Brown. So I don't, I don't know who he's throwing to this year to have any counter argument besides his 160 passing yards per game last year okay, and on. averaging less than a passing touchdown per game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, I got you. Like, I don't think Crabtree's a Raven. John Brown's not a Raven anymore. Okay. It's not pretty. <laughs> all right. So, but they have all those tight end options to throw to. Oh, and again, and this is why, you know, if for this random bet that came up, I probably <laughs> still, skeptical. I'd probably still go with, uh, yeah, no, like QB 19, he'll probably be on the board after he puts up 20 points. Yeah. Um, some random week into the season. Lamar Jackson's wide receivers are Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Chris Moore currently as the the one, two, and three. Seth Roberts is in there. You know, they got their, their 75 tight ends, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle. Uh, you know, so it he does not have elite options, which is why they run the ball. and I uh, like I said I mean I I'm just trying to find fantasy production and if I can get that because you know all he's really has to do is be safe throw for like sub 200 yards no picks and then with your rushing attempts like you're gonna get close to 20 if not above 20 I could see Lamar Jackson being the type of quarterback that's drafted as a backup like, you want to see what he does. You don't plan on starting him week one, but you can draft him rounds 13 through 15 as a, this guy might be big. That's what happened last year in my other league. Pat Mahomes was taken in the 15th round just as a, yeah, he might do something. I disagree. On his fantasy team. So I you draft disagree. him week one and start him? Absolutely. All right, in our 10-man league, if he's there, you're taking him and starting him. Absolutely, yeah. So okay. here's and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Again, with this, we we keep mentioning how a lot of these guys you can wait on because typically in drafts people don't take two quarterbacks, and there's plenty that might go undrafted that are good. I could draft Lamar Jackson really, really late, go for that uh, rushing production, see if he's improved, start him week one. If things don't turn out, I got plenty of options on the waiver wire. I think that he, I think that rushing production. I think that on the waiver wire, you can find consistent passing production, but not consistent rushing production out of the quarterback. And so I'd rather draft the Lamar Jackson and then drop him later for like Matthew Stafford or even like Derek Carr. Now that he has Antonio Brown, let's see what happens. You know, I, if I'm going with this, like, don't really care about quarterbacks idea, then I'm going to get a quarterback that's got this big rushing potential and he's young. So see if he improved. And then if not, okay, fine. It didn't work out. I'll drop him for the, you know, kind of seasoned vet thrower. And that's why I just think that you should draft him if you draft him as your backup to actually have him prove it to you first instead of risking a week one loss because you started Lamar Jackson who passed for 100 yards and rushed for 50. Nah, see, my team's going to be good enough where I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) I don't have to worry about it. He'll put up zero. I'll just sit him. Sit him on the bench. No QB. Week one. (laughs) Still win. I don't know. Hey, agree to disagree, but... 
Uh, yeah. But I, point being, with all these guys, wait. Don't take Aaron Rodgers. Don't. I, I, don't, I wouldn't even take Pat Mahomes at his ADP because I think you actually have to take him at his ADP. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, yeah, like I said, take home message difference between obviously Pat Mahomes had the elite season last year. You go to the next guy on the list, compare him to QB 12, four points per game. If you hit on that number two quarterback that you're drafting, if you take the Sean Watson in the fourth round and he winds up being the QB two and he puts up 21, 22 points and the QB 12 consistent Dak Prescott puts up 17 and you can get him in the 15th round because he's QB, I forget where, very late. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott it, I just is think the, the, QB 17. Th- yeah, so you can get him extremely late. The value you can get in the fourth round at a running back or wide receiver is going to be so much greater than what you're getting in quarterback. Just go with – I'm just waiting for like two to three years from now when everybody finally just starts to realize like, eh, 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 eh. I'll go, I'll go QB. First QB is not drafted to the sixth round. Yeah. But I think that the reason this late round QB thing works is because some QBs are taken early. You know, like because you're going to let other people take the top five, six guys off the board in those early rounds. Because, you know, uh, eventually people start to panic, right? You know, it's the sixth round and you see, oh, you know, or if I was going by this year, right? So, you know, sixth round, the next guy, it's you got Baker and then Matt Ryan. And Drew Brees. And then you're like, oh, later is like Kyler Murray. And I don't want to take a chance on him. So like guys panic. And they're like, okay, I'll take Baker in the sixth round. Meanwhile, still in the sixth round. Yeah, still in the sixth round. I mean, you got like Dante Pettis, Lamar Miller, Robbie Anderson, Daryl Henderson. I love that pick. I mean, you can even go Allen Robinson beginning of the seventh round. Tyler Boyd is there in the sixth round. Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, why would I sit there and panic about quarterback when I could get Dante Pettis and then he blows up like everybody's expecting. And, you know, that's one less positional player I got to worry about. Exactly. Get the positional picks down. Boom. Mike, you got a, uh... all right, before we, I was going to say last week, my bold thing was Matt Stafford. And we talked about QBs today. I didn't even talk about Stafford. And that's the beauty of fantasy football. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. So, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please take away that message from today. Do not draft your quarterbacks early. Find the diamond in the rough. Even if you don't find the diamond in the rough, it's totally okay. But find whoever it is late. Make sure you tune in next time as we start going through those positional players that are so, so important. Mike, before you give us a bold prediction, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. Find us on iTunes and on Podbean. Just search The Challenge Flag. We're going to try to get up on Spotify soon as well to help everybody out. That's been the popular demand lately. But, Mike, now it's time. Give us your bold prediction. My bold prediction will be that Zach Ertz, although will not be overdrafted, he will not finish as a top three tight end this year. Dallas Goddard has been getting high praise from Eagles players. Uh, I listen to 94-1, so unfortunately, all they talk about is the Eagles. Um, yeah, but if that holds true, I could definitely see him taking away from his nine, Zach Ertz, nine targets per game. They'll definitely use a uh, more double tight end options. And I could see Goddard working into Ertz's workload. 
And I just think that's going to be hurting Ertz's uh, fantasy effectiveness towards the end of the season. And they also drafted some dude, I forget his name, Whiteside. He should be a big red zone threat, also taking away from Ertz's upside. So Ertz, don't draft him or do draft him. Don't heed my advice. I don't know. It's my bold prediction. He could be tight end one, best tight end in fantasy football history this year. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Dallas Goddard has been getting highly praised by other Eagles. Wow. I, I just, it wasn't my brain. It was my mouth. You just went going in when I was going out. <laughs> 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 